1: Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. At the age of 23, my guest Anne Berube's life was interrupted by a near-fatal car accident and a mystical experience. Her journey of introspection and transformation eventually led her to profound insights around self-healing, inner peace. And soul realization. Anne opens her heart and her mind to the universe's wisdom, providing guidance and comfort to those of us who feel at the precipice of change and awakening. Are you ready to meet her? Anne Beirube, PhD, is a spiritual teacher who's made it to her life's purpose to help people come back home to their heart and remember their soul's calling. She shares her stories and insights in a way that accelerates transformation and healing in others. She's the author of the best-selling book, Be, Feel, Think, Do, a memoir published by Hay House. And you can find out more about Anne and her work at anneberoubet.com. Anne, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, I'm glad you're here. You say in the book that that accident happened for a reason and I wonder if you can take us just briefly to that place that time and let us know what what was the reason Mm,
0: you know looking back I know it was a big wake-up call I can tell now that I wasn't happy in my life but I would not have been able to say that back then because I don't think I knew what happiness was um but I knew that I wasn't living um I wasn't, I wasn't really listening to my deeper self. I wasn't uh, paying attention to what I really wanted and who I really was because I don't think I had any points of reference for that back then, Karen. And um, when I was 23, so it's 2001, and I was driving back from golfing with some friends, and I had had a series of synchronicities that I talk about in the book that were kind of letting me know that, okay, you're, you want to put your life on hold and a little bit, then, then let's, let's do this. Let's go this way. And um, my, uh, my boyfriend at the time took a left turn into oncoming traffic and on the impact, so there's a Hafton truck that headed I was heading towards us and he hit our car and on the impact, my lungs partially collapsed and my liver lacerated in half and I, I was unconscious. Um, and then when I tried to catch my breath, when I came to, I couldn't. My lungs weren't working, and then I passed out one more time. And then that's when it happened. I, I had a vision, Karen, of um, my life, so the one that I was meant to live, but not the one that I was actually living. And we hear a lot of experiences of people who have near-death experiences where they see a life review or they go back into their past and see all the things they've done, and it wasn't like that at all. I didn't see a light. I didn't see the tunnel. Um, it was a, a big wake-up call to show me the life that I was meant to live, meaning the one I chose before I was born. And the reason why I knew that is that it felt more real than anything I'd experienced before. I could see all the people I loved, and I could see how much they loved me and most important thing Carol is that I could, uh, Karen sorry, is I could feel that feeling of love, of divine love, um, and that has never ever left me. And so when I woke up the next day in the hospital, I promised myself that I would change my path. I would find a way to get myself back to this life that I experienced in a car accident. And you know, I'm sure you know this, it's not easy after that. It's not just, oh no. I'm awake and, and everything's perfect. No. So the, what I talk about in the book is this is this journey of healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. Um, so that we can come back to who we really are. And it's such an embodied experience um, and an embodied journey. Um, and that's what I, that's what I discovered on, on the journey is that my body was the, was the gateway was the key to fully, fully living. Mm.
1: When there's a, a peak experience or when we receive healing, there's that that lift, that electric kind of clarity, this is how it is, I see now, everything will be different. Often that fades as, as things get back to normal, as you left the hospital, as you healed, as you made other choices. How can we, as spiritual beings and wanting to preserve what we learn in those experiences, how can we make that last or, or make it mean more?
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's about our daily commitment to ourselves and to our heart and to our inner experience. Um, it's so easy to wake up in the morning and pick up where we left off the, night, the last day. Um, it's easy to bring the to-do list back and to live from that place of thinking and doing and thinking and doing and just reacting out of habit. On automatic pilot, and it's a discipline. I think it takes. A, first of all, it takes a willingness and a desire to live differently, and then a commitment. And the commitment is not to, it's not to God. It's not to our family. It's not. It's to ourselves. It's through our own heart, which we come to discover that really we are God. That and it's, it's the experience of 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 that consciousness of that force of that universe energy is really deep inside ourselves. And so making a a daily commitment to whether it's um, coming home to ourselves in a meditation that really resonates with us or making sure we bring our attention to our breath as much as possible during the day, Um, asking ourselves the big questions, the uncomfortable questions, and then staying in the uncomfortable conversations with the people around us as well, um, coming to a place of, you know, self, um, self-reliance self and self-responsibility. And um, it's, you know, it, it, it's, to me, it's the only way to a sustainable source of happiness. It's the only way to this feeling of inner peace and inner, inner freedom, really.
1: And I love what I think I'm hearing you say is that it also it's consistent and it's also compassionate. So it's not Mm -hmm. consistently perfect. It's not effortlessly flawless. It's real and living and true and you're present with it. Even if you are making choices that then you want to correct.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, and mothers and fathers who are listening, like know that it is imperfect on the the journey of parenthood. And our children are our greatest teachers. They show us without resistance. They just show us this mirror that is so powerful of what's in the way of us, you know, being able to connect with a deeper p- um, peace and, and freedom, but also what really lives in us. So that soul, that part of our soul that maybe we've left you know, behind when we were children, they show that to us and they want us so badly to live like that. And sometimes it looks like a big mess. It's a big explosion sometimes at the dinner table or at breakfast or on the way to school. And its um, I think that that's a very good point that you bring because we are hard on ourselves when things don't go the way we think they should go. And we blame ourselves really quickly and we give up on our on our soul desire because um we don't sometimes we don't see the results as quickly as we think they should happen but it's um we it wouldn't be it it is an up and down journey because we are in matter and we are human beings there's day and night and there's light and there's dark therefore there will be ebb and flows and there'll be ups and downs and that's the journey it's not the the enlightening moment you know in the car accident or it's not that's not life that's, that's a glimpse that's an experience of what of what's possible but what we realize is that possibility is always right there every single morning that we wake up
1: now the name of your book the title of your book is be feel think do and when I opened the book, I'm like, okay, be, feel, think, do. I Okay, got it. I'm ready to read it. And the first part of the book is called do, think, feel, be. And I'm like, no, wait, that's backwards. That <laughs> And I think that's the point. So why did you, why is there that opposite in there?
0: Well, those four words are kind of, they're at the core of our suffering because we do them in the wrong order and also in less than ideal proportion. Mm. And so we tend to, live mostly from the place of doing and the place of thinking. It's just what our environment modeled to us. It's how we learn how to be successful and how to um, become the person that we think other people want us to become or that we're supposed to be. But what we're missing out on is this whole organic, creative experience we've been deeper within ourselves. So when I think about feeling and being Right now, I'm putting my hand on my heart and I'm putting my hand on my belly because it is, as opposed to in the mind experience, it's in the body experience. And we have been disconnected from this beautiful feeling, a field, this organic um, device that we are so chose for this human adventure. Mm -hmm. And the experience of doing and thinking um, without the groundedness being, feeling, um, is doesn't take us to a creative place. It doesn't take us to a new place in our life. It kind of just brings back the same old, same old stuff that we're used to. And so in the book, I wanted to show that I, you know, the experience of, of, of living from a do and think And then the feel, maybe if I have time at the the end of the day, and then maybe if I have time, I'll be, I'll meditate. But we don't prioritize those. So flipping the order and choosing to live from the place of being first, grounded in our body, maybe even bringing our attention all the way down to the base of the spine and taking a few deep, deep breaths down at the base of the spine then bringing our attention to the feelings which I mean the sensation the direct experience of my presence right now in my body in this situation and what's happening in this moment and then what happens Karen I found that your thoughts so thinking is very different when it comes from a grounded place of being and feeling it is insights it's um, now it has creativity to it it has something new as opposed to being on loop, right? Like those thoughts and stories that are just on loop in our heads and in our actions become more like spontaneous actions. So Deepak would say spontaneous right action. So we act from the place of this beautiful movement of energy and self in the body first and in the heart and the soul inform our thoughts and our actions. It's a very different way of living. And it is, it's a, it's a daily commitment, but it, it changes everything. It brings texture, and um, a more tangible experience of life. In my experience,
1: you're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. My guest is Anne Berube. Her new book is Be, Feel, Think, Do, a memoir. You were talking about about the soul and communicating with the soul, reconnecting with the soul. What? How do you define the soul? What? what is that and i'm i'm kind of coming at that from that place of what is that that animates that organic right action that we're mm. taking what is it that that guides us when we are when we're quiet
0: mm. i read a long time ago in a book called the white book by Ramta that joy is the uninterrupted movement of self it's the allowed and uninterrupted movement of self and so In my experience, the soul is when God, when consciousness, when the universe can move as energy freely and fully and completely through the device of the body without any interruption. And what I mean by that is if when we are in a place of presence and we're not connected necessarily to our thoughts and connected to the worries and the fears and the stories, we're not in the way of this beautiful unfoldment of movement, and that I. This is very philosophical. It feels very abstract, but I know that it's also tangible experience and a kinesthetic experience, where I can allow myself to just be done by the energy of source, as opposed to do things. I can let myself be done by this energy, and. It has a very unique way of manifesting through my body with all of my past lives, my soul contract, my gifts and my skills that I was born with, my own unique medicine. So even though there's a being done by this impersonal energy, it is through the personal device of my body, of your body, of your listeners' bodies. So it has a very unique and creative way of expressing in this life at this time. That's that's my my definition. How can
1: we start to tell the difference? If we are if we're in the do think, feel be category. How can we start to listen for our soul? I believe the soul is always speaking, that um that God, that consciousness, that spirit is always speaking, moving through us. It's So it's not that we lost something and we have to get it back. It's more that we have to turn our head slightly. We have to take that breath. We have to like we're getting back into the flow of something that's always on. How yes. can we find that find that flow? How can we hear our soul and know that it is our soul?
0: Mm. I love what you said about turning your head towards It's about this I have the same kind of feeling of of, of this image of having our gaze looking inward and anywhere below the neck really <laughs> there's is a there's quite a magical sometimes really intense world below the neck and you know in the chakra system it's kind of where the past lives it's where we've wired in all our conditioned beliefs but it's also where the unmanifest becomes manifest and where the spirit meets the tissue of our body and so we get this two-way communication is the communication from what contracts us and what triggers us and what makes us feel like, okay, this, I don't know if, if this is fear or intuition, what is going on? And that's why um, self-awareness, contemplation, self-examination is really important. So I would say that that would be one big step is to do that work of self-examining, not in the way of judging and becoming harder on yourself. But saying, wait a second, can I take my responsibility for the responsibility for what moves through me? Regardless of what moves through the person in front of me, can I take responsibility for what moves through me right now? And that's what I talk about in the book is the first part is is solely memoir. And I talk a lot about my relationship with my mother because until I realized that even though my experience with her as a child was not ideal that as an adult it was my responsibility to own what was in my body even though i knew that she had her part to play in it but i never realized i guess until i had children and that's when we kind of become less um we start to stop to blame everyone when we realize that we're responsible for these new little humans mm-hmm. and um and uh and so the first step i would say is, is self-examination and and just looking, okay, what is happening in me? What is mine? What can I heal for myself? And then allow that experience to impact um, the people around us in a good way, really, in, a, in an expansive way. Um, and then the next the next step, I would say, is to um, allow yourself to be inspired by life, and let your heart tell you where you want to go next, meaning that I talked about the contractions earlier, so the contraction in the body, the feeling of, oh, this doesn't feel so good, but then there's those moments where you you listen to a great piece of music in the car and your heart just expands and you're crying, you're so happy. Let your heart tell you where to go next. Follow the little breadcrumbs of what uh, enlivens you, what opens you, what makes you feel so present that time goes by and you don't even notice that time has gone
1: by for listeners who are feeling maybe I talk sometimes to people who are kind of um like hung up on the sandbar of change right you get to a certain place and you know all you it's just a little bit farther you're just about ready to make that change but we get stuck we can't get like up over the curb or up you know over that sandbar for listeners who are on the Edge of change, but have a lot of reasons why now may not be the right time. Mm -hmm. I wonder what you can kind of breathe into that as we're talking about that movement and that expansion and letting yourself be led by your heart. Absolutely.
0: The beautiful thing is that the opportunity to step into that way of living is always available to you. Always. So if now is not the time, then be kind and gentle with yourself, knowing that you are doing the very best that you can. And deepening that self-love is really, um, you know, talk about steps. Maybe that is the very first step, <laughs> is, is um, we always, especially parents, we always uh, give so much. And we think that if we can give more and more that, will be a better person, but it's like the oxygen mask in the plane. If we can't put it on ourselves first, we'll be useless to other people. And so allowing ourselves to, so taking that extra day off or a half day off to just, to just be whatever that looks like. And I talk about that in the book where it was a nine-month period for me where I knew I had to adjust it. And I hired a babysitter for a few days a week, even though I didn't have a job to go to. And I also wasn't going to be working on my thesis. I just needed to be. And so I sat and I breathed and I stared at the wall, Karen, for hours, hours. And tears would come and, and I would fall asleep. And, you know, when was the last time that, you know, we cried until we were done. When was the last thing that we
1: slept until we were rested? We, we have so much expectations on, on us. Yeah. Well, and in doing that, in making those movements, I would say that when we are making those movements toward change, we already are in the change we want to make. The thing we're waiting for, we already are and then what comes from that is how we express that how we put that out into the world but it's not about being stuck it's about i am now i am now the change that i seek what am i going to do with this
0: exactly exactly and it's hard to de- it's hard for the cocoon to describe the butterfly ah. and so the experience of the cocoon is the journey And if we try to describe what it's going to look like when it's formed, it hurts. (laughs) It's confusing. And it's not honoring the experience of the goop. And the experience of the goop is confusing. It's chaos. There's nothing. It looks, if you opened up the cocoon, it looks like nothing. That's how it feels for many of us on the precipice of change. It feels like nothing's happening. But we know underneath the surface you are that change like you said it's happening it is unfolding that's the only thing that is consistent about being a soul in a human body mm. is change yes <laughs> it's the only thing we can count on mm. and 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 to kind of you know get familiar with the philosophy of change and creativity as we are that process itself can really bring some peace Just knowing that there will always be chaos before the clarity. There will always be confusion before the peace. Mm -hmm. It gives us a bit of a break when we're in the chaos. We go, oh, well, this is exciting. Maybe, (laughs) yay, I I have no idea what's going on right now, but I can tell something is brewing. Yeah.
1: And I know we're just up at the end of our time. Can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you?
0: Mm. Well, my website is um, AnneBiroubet.com, and I'm also on Facebook and on Instagram. I post quite a bit of um, blog posts on Facebook, and there's free videos on my website, and there's some Facebook Lives so on my Facebook page, so there's a lot of way to engage with me, um, Yeah, and I'll be happy to meet anyone
1: that shows up. Oh, I'm already there. So come on, everybody, show up. Um, Anne, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you,
0: Karen. It's a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you. That's Anne Berube. Her new book is Be, Feel, Think, Do, a memoir. You can find out more about Anne and her work at anneberube.com. That's A-N-N-E-B-E-R-U-B-E.com, anneberube.com. And you can always find out what's happening in my world, what's coming up next on this radio program, find out about classes and events, all that's at karenhager.com. That's also a wonderful place to check out whether or not a private session might help you get out of the fog if you'd like to connect with me privately for some intuitive guidance. And I always try to recommend the Opening the Peaceful Heart, a call for love. That is a monthly monthly. 15-minute free guided meditation that's available to anybody anywhere in the world who wants to connect with us for a focused collective intention set for peace in our hearts and peace in the world. You can get details about that at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.